Fletcher Christian yep. Gage. Can you hear me? Jim okay? English. Yes, sir. Can you How hear me? You? Yeah, loud and uh, clear. We love can it. Savor I'm... your savor your wisdom and insight. <laughs> My man, I love it. Yeah, I'm doing uh, very well. Doing very well. Excited, Jim. It's been a while perceptibility. since you've done one of these. Yeah, it's been way too long. But uh, so I'll do the intro the intros. This is Jim English and welcome to my podcast called the Who Gives a Shit Files. And we have the Padres consultant, San Diego Padres consultant, who is always effervescent, always positive, always optimistic. And because he's a Padres fan, he's got a really good reason to. So we're going to have an update on where we are. In the, well, I guess this is preseason now, not postseason. Preseason for the 2023 season. How does that sound, Fletcher Christian Gage? Jim, sound, sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. I think the last time we spoke was, you know, post-losing in the NLCS to the Phillies. So it was a little somber time. But, uh, you know, the offseason's here. Padres, yet again, uh, had arguably the best offseason of all 30 clubs. So I... I've been optimistic about every single one of these podcasts we've had, and I think I'm at I'm at even a higher level uh, today than I've ever been. So I'm excited to tell you why. Well, why don't we start <laughs> with let, let's start with the acquisitions. How yeah. are we do actually? Actually, let's take a step back. How did the Padres react to losing in the NLCS to the Phillies? How did that How did that sit with them? You think? You know, I think it was, you know, it was a weird feeling because I think fans, Padres front office were open about this, players as well. It was all about beating the Dodgers and, you know, it was slaying the dragon up north, like they like to call it. And that thought process was, you know, the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. In order to get to the World Series, you had to go through the Dodgers. So I think the fact that they beat the Dodgers still, you know, is a positive. They're obviously, it's a big rivalry, so... You know, I've been, you know, happy about that, even going to the offseason and accomplishing that goal. But then again, it's like, well, you didn't actually, uh, you know, achieve that World Series that you thought you'd achieve if you beat the Dodgers. So I think it was mixed feelings that, you know, obviously felt good. Only the third time in franchise history making the NLCS. So a great accomplishment, you know, most fun season I had. But, you know, there's that little feeling in, in you. It's like you're so close. Get it. So I think that feeling of, man, we're right there. We should have had it, could have had it. We get ourselves as better than the Phillies. Then, you know, why not? I think that led to what we did this offseason and went out and Peter Seidler opened the checkbook again um, to bring in some more guys, some more reinforcements to really take that next step and that finally accomplish that goal of bringing that championship to this beautiful city. You know, it's funny. It's funny, Christian, is that – so I'm going to be doing a podcast about a friend of mine and I who went on a road trip to Spain in 1984. And I was kind of framing, you know, in the podcast, I'm going to give 1984 some context to his president. And mm -hmm. I discovered that yep. the Padres lost to the Tigers in the World Series. And that's the last time either one of them have been to the World Series, right? No, so in 1998, we uh, Padres. I mean, it, you don't remember because the Padres got swept pretty easily to the Yankees in 1998. Um, so that was one of two times, and the first time the Padres had made it. So 
So uh, you think that there, but it was interesting that, you know, you mm-hmm. got to go back to 1984, only twice since 1984. So, yeah. so you think that they're like, even though they're basking in the glory of beating the big brother up north, there's still some hunger because they didn't want to accomplish, they didn't accomplish what they wanted to, which was to beat the, the Phillies and make it to the World Series. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the you know Dodger fans, you know, like the joke with Padres fans, it's like, oh, all you care about is beating the Dodgers. And that's half true because it was all about beating the Dodgers because we thought, you know, that also went along with winning the National League and making it to the World Series. So the fact that we did that, it didn't happen, I think there's still a hunger, first and foremost, to win the National League West in the regular season. I mean, the Dodgers were 20-plus games ahead of the Padres or whatever it ended up being. And then, yeah, I think just losing in the NLCS to a Phillies team that, you know, in another best of seven, the Padres may have won that series. All, all of those games we lost were winnable. So it's hard to not think like, dang, like we had it there. And then once you're in the World Series, anything can happen. The Astros are incredible, but would have loved to have a chance. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, we got some stars, some future Hall of Famers on this team that are just missing that World Series ring. And they, they want to get that on their resume for sure and become San Diego legends to be the first uh, group to bring a title here. That would be terrific. So tell us about some of the off-season moves they made and what you think of them. Yeah, so, I mean, we got to start with the headliner. Um, Xander Bogarts is, you know, if you – I would not – did not see that coming at all. I don't think anybody saw this coming because, like AJ probably likes to do, he likes shortstops, and he was another shortstop. So – we signed Xander Bogarts to an 11-year, $280 million contract. Um, he was a shortstop for the Boston Red Sox. Um, I think he made the MLB for when he was like 19 or 20 years old or something. So he actually has two World Series rings under his belt. So stoked to get a guy like that, not just for his ability, where he's a guy who hits over 300. He'll hit 15 to 25 home runs, kind of in that range, plays an above-average shortstop. But – Everything I read about the guy and getting to know him now that he's a Padre is he just eats, sleeps, and breathes baseball. He's mature. He's a leader. And would just be, like, outside of what he can do as a player, he's just an awesome, you know, clubhouse presence. And, you know, so, yeah, it's a big contract. But also with, you know, inflation going on in the league, the, that 25-ish, 28 a million a year he's going to be getting won't be that much in his later years, uh, you know, once all the contracts get bigger. So love the deal. How old is he? He How is thirty. Is he, Fletcher? He's he's thirty, he's 30. years old. Okay. So he uh-huh. will go to his age forty-one year. But it, Jim, it's all about winning a championship. If we got some old right ten years from now, and you know, not in their prime. First off, I trust AJ Preller. We actually signed some sixteen-year-old stud from uh, I, I, Mexico as a catcher. It's like he's always refreshing the uh, the farm system and young guys. But, you know, we have a window right now. Let's go for it. Let's capitalize on the pitchers we have in Manny Machado's prime. So do what you got to do. Win a winner of series this year. I love the move. Let's get it, get a star. Um, so that's the headliner right so, there. So where are they going to play him? Or do you want to get into that later? Let's do that later. Let's um, go through the rest of the acquisitions. Um, yeah, go ahead. So carry on. First off, we re-signed um, both Nick Martinez and Robert Suarez Robert Suarez, you know, versus the Dodgers, he's he just absolutely dominated the bullpen, got us out of some jams, arguably the MVP of that series. Um, so we expect this to be the last year with Josh Hader as our closer. 
Um, and then he'll probably go somewhere else for a big contract. So Robert Suarez will be the closer of the future. Main guy this year. Stoked to get him back. He's a great Basically just did an, an amateur league when he, when he worked in construction in Mexico. Just got joined some league just to make a little extra cash. Turns into an MLB star as a um, already. And then Nick Martinez as well. He started the year in the rotation last year. Went to the bullpen. Was very reliable bullpen guy. You know, got us out of some big, had some big moments. And he's expected to start this season in our rotation. So I'm excited to see him. He's just he's just a gamer. Um, he's another one. Great MLB. Decent MLB star. Kind of below average. Went to Japan. Figured it out. Came back with us last year. Earned himself some money. So happy, happy for both those two. Then uh, on the acquisition side, um, outside, we signed Seth Lugo. Um, so he will be the other starter in the rotation. Irvish, Snell, Musgrove, uh, Trio, and then Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo will be the new guys. Seth Lugo um, was with the New York Mets last year. He actually was a reliever as well with them, but he has said he wants to be a starter, came up as a starter, and, you know, I he's got great stuff. I didn't know much about him, just knew he was a reliable pitcher, um, but they seem pretty high on him. So that should be our starting five um, to start the season and feel good about those guys. Then um, two other guys that are notable, so – some veterans uh, to be our DH will be both Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz. Both have had long, long successful careers. Um, Nelson Cruz might be, I don't know, he's like 42 years old. So he got one year. Matt Carpenter, I think, also got one year. Um, Matt Carpenter's a lefty. He'll be the DH versus right-handed pitchers. Nelson Cruz will be a DH versus lefties. And these are just guys who have a ton of experience playing. They have power. They have pop. And they're stoked to be here. I mean, I'm on, I'm on Twitter and, Matt Carpenter keeps tweeting about how excited he is to be in San Diego on the Padres. So I just, I love people who love to be here. And uh, yeah, they'll be our, our, in our DH spots, replacing uh, the Brandon Jury, Josh Bell combo that we had. And then, yeah, uh, yeah that's about, that's, that's the uh, additions. So, you know, these two players with all their experience, you know, yeah, in the postseason, assuming that the Padres make the postseason, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but all you ask for them is one big moment. Yep. Where, you know, you're not worn down during the season. You're playing sparingly. They're platooning you. So you're fresh for the playoffs. Plus, you have all this experience, all this knowledge. And I think that each of them, you heard it here first, that each of them will have decisive moments in the playoffs. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's all you I can love ask. that. I love that you said that. So actually, uh, my, uh, my former roommate, Jake Sussman, we would always joke. Now the big Padres fan, we're actually going to opening day together. Um, I was able to get some tickets and he's as the biggest Padres fan I know may alongside myself. So bringing him, but we always joke about who's going to be that random player who has the big moment who then becomes a legend. Because if, if you look at it, like, if we win a World Series, Manny Machado is going to be awesome. Juan Soto is going to be great. You know, you Darvish will pitch well. Like, we have the stars. We know if we're going to get there, they're going to perform. But who's going to be that kind of – random is a, is a tough way to consider, like, a Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter. But they're not – I never expected any of the Padres. They're new Padres in, the, you know, the twilight of their career. And who's going to be that guy that 20 years from now, I'm going to be telling my kids, like, 
man, Nelson Cruz hit that home run in the bottom of the eighth that won us the World Series. Like, that, what a moment. I, I'll never forget that one moment. And, it, I mean, you're saying it right. It's like those guys, I do believe one of them or both of them could have those signature moments and be that, and be that person. I mean, it could be, you could have a Kurt Gibson moment for those guys. Absolutely. You know, Kurt Kurt Gibson, a really good player during his prime, got beaten up at the end and hit the one home run that gave him immortality. And you very well could have one of those two, uh, you know, Cruz or Carpenter, you could have that happen to them. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, like Luis Gonzalez hitting the walk-off single against the Yankees to win it for the D-backs. I mean, Joe Carter did it for the Blue Jays against the Phillies. Like, these were they were star players in their own right, but, like, those moments will never be forgotten. And it's exciting to be like, who's going to do it? I mean, even this year with the Astros, Jordan Alvarez had the game-winning home run to win that, them the World Series. That'll never be forgotten for the Houston Astros. It's like, it's no. exciting to look, and I think you nailed it, nailed it on the head there with, you know, one of these guys, you know, with their experience, with their skill set, you know, not being, you know, relied upon players like, you know, our top four or five guys, but we'll have the opportunities to become, you know, immortal, um, as you said. And also, too, is you got, you know, you need a lot of depth, obviously, for the 162 regular season games. And having, you know, veterans that can plug and play you know, it's just, it's, it's really essential in case, you know, because some of these, even though you, you know, the Padres, we've got a bunch of stars in their prime. It's still nice to have some depth to, you know, so these guys can get a day off, you know, when the hamstring's a little tight and yeah. it's just, you know, depth is critical. Yeah, no. And that, that might even lead us into the discussion around what position, you know, each, uh, each guy is going to play and how that all works because having that depth where, you know, you can give, we can afford to give guys days off because you have that depth. And it's something that, you know, cause you don't win a world series in April, May, June, July, August. Like, you know, you got to be ready come September to close out and get in the tournament. And then you got to be full on going into October. And I actually think a big reason the Padres had playoff success last year was because I don't, I mean, unless I'm uh, forgetting something, we didn't have a single uh, true injury on our on our roster um, in, in October out of our top guys. So, you know, that plays a role. And having depth to give guys some days off, let them DH and, and get a little break in the field, all, all, all so important. And it seems to me, you know, that even though I've never been like a huge Charger or San Diego uh uh, you know, Padres fan, or even a San Diego Clipper fan, it <laughs> does seem like that San Diego over the years has had more than their share of injuries during, you know, critical stretch runs. Oh, you know, yeah. Because I, I think about the, you know, I think about well, even the Clippers, the San Diego Clippers, they drafted Bill Walton. And they signed Bill Walden, and he went down. And, you know, it seemed like, you know, the Chargers that happened to, the Padres that happened to. What happened year before when the Padres, in one of your first podcasts, you're glowingly optimistic. This was two years ago. The Padres are on a roll. And then, boom, their arms started going down, and people started getting hurt. So now you got a little depth to hopefully – fight the curse of the of the San Diego injuries off oh yeah I mean 
you go back to the San Diego Chargers in 2007. We make, I mean, we were playing that ridiculously impressive undefeated Patriots team, but you know, Danian Thompson couldn't play in the AFC Championship. Philip Rivers, our quarterback, had to play in a torn ACL. I remember uh, we had a playoff run. I forget the year for baseball. Milton Bradley. I was at this game. Most just about any Padre fan can remember this. He argues, goes to argue a play at the first base, jumps up, lands awkwardly, tears his ACL. So end up not making the playoffs because he was our best player. I mean, you know, Padre, San Diego sports fans, you know, and I have, we could do an hour on that if we wanted to, Jim, of just heartbreaks for San Diego injury related. And that is the thing. I mean, if I do think there's one weakness with the Padres right now, it is starting pitching depth. I feel strong with our five and I feel good about like an Adrian Morahone or like a Julio Tehran was a guy we signed is like, if they can, you know, come into form, we have some depth, but definitely not as much starting pitching depth going into the year as next year, which, you know, knowing AJ Preller, I could see us adding a piece like that before opening day just for that depth. But yeah, I mean, health is everything. And baseball is such a long grind of a season that you, you got to have is. it. Yeah. And, you know, um, the manager, Bob, yeah. he knows what he's doing and he'll, he'll, uh, what he'll do is he'll milk these pitchers because if if I'm correct, you know, there's you got the five starters, but you got a lot of middle relievers that are very effective. Is that the correct? Hundred percent. And he uses them yeah. well. I mean, Bob knows you're not you're not throwing out, you know, Joe Musgrove. Don't have him go 105 pitches in a game in April. Like once he's at 85, gets through six innings, take him out. We got relievers who can get the job done. And if it, it comes up to bite you and to lose a game, like hey, that happens. Like, you win 100 games, you're still going to lose over 60. So, it's all about, you know, we feel like we're a good enough team to win enough to get in the tournament. Obviously, you want to win the division, get a first-round bye, all that good stuff. But he's got to stay healthy, and that's where I feel, you know, very confident in, uh, in Bob Melvin to do that, where prior managers didn't know what they were doing and weren't doing that well. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of experience. And it's also – you know, when you have Bob Melvin in there, he's not worried about his job. Correct. You know, so he's he is not going to bend to pressure uh, in April, May, June, July, even August. You know, to to make a good showing because his success is going to be measured in the playoffs and how they do. So just getting to the finish line is so difficult in the MLB and having a accomplished season manager like that is, is critical. Totally. I mean, and Bob, he's like San Diego. I mean, that man has had a very, very good career, multiple managers of the year awards, uh, made the playoffs multiple times with three different franchises that I can, at least Um, he has, he does not have a world series ring. So he's in this together with us. I know that's kind of the last thing for him until to make him, in my opinion, a hall of fame manager. So I, I think he's hungry for it and knows, and does feel like he probably knows what it takes. And it's just about getting over that uh, that last hump. So I am dying with all this plethora yeah. of shortstops and all the depth that they have in, you know, with, with the batters in the field. How do you think they're going to utilize it? What's the starting lineup going to look like? How – how will they vary the starting lineup based on pitching? Yeah. So first off, I think we should go. So Tatis, he is still suspended until April 20th. Um, so he's got, I think, I think that's 20 more games. So let's, let's assume this is post that. 
uh, when he's back. And basically, Xander Bogarts was signed with the promise he will be the, the everyday shortstop. So, on, really? regard, yeah, regardless of pitching, Xander Bogarts will play shortstop. Manny will play third. This will be the standard. Manny is going to play third, as he does. Hassan Kim is going to slide over to second base. And then oh. Jake Cronenworth is going to be our first baseman. Then, you know, you have Austin Nola uh, will remain the catcher. Um, obviously, this is barring any, you know, A.J. Preller magic uh, in the final month and a half before uh, we get going with the season. But then in the outfield, you know, we got two-time gold glover, Trent Grisham in center field. So feel great about him. You got Juan Soto is going to slide over from right to left. Wow. And then Fernando Tatis is uh, expected to be the right fielder. But with the DH will be uh, Cruz and Carpenter, just depending on um, who well, who's pitching. They'll, they'll alternate, I think, very, like, if it's a righty, it'll always be Carpenter. If it's a lefty, it'll always be Cruz. Maybe mix in. We got some other bench pieces who will get some work at times. That is a powerful, powerful line. Right, right. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so tell uh, us about the batting order. Yeah. So look, I mean, that's obviously off the ball, but what people are assuming it's going to be, and what I'm, I'm also assuming it's going to be, is Tatis should be the leadoff hitter. You're going to have Juan Soto bat second. You're going to have Manny Machado bat third. Xander Bogart should bat fourth. Then let's say fifth um, will be the Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter um, little platoon there. I think you go six will be a Jake Cronenworth, seven a Hassan Kim, eight Austin Nola, nine Trent Grisham. That's how I would run out the lineup. But I think maybe you could flop, you know, Nola to bat ninth. Like that bottom three is pretty fluid. Cronenworth will bat fifth, maybe the DH six at times. But I mean, you got all. I mean, Jake Cronenworth is a two-time All-Star and at second base now. At first, the lineup is just—it's special. But that—it's all about that. Uh, that 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 top four is scary, scary top four. Murderers row. I mean, you've got some of you've got like so many good play. I mean, those are all All-Star potential All-Stars. I mean, in the betting odds to win the National League MVP, Juan Soto is the favorite. Fernando Tatis is, like, the third or fourth favorite, I believe. And then Manny Machado is tied for, like, the sixth or seventh favorite. So you got all those guys. Like MVP got – and then Xander Bogarts, obviously, is no slump. slump but, but, I mean, I just, like – it's like, okay, you don't want to pitch to Tatis because he's intimidating. Sure, walk him. Well, we got Juan Soto coming up. Him too. But then you got the reigning MVP runner up coming up next. Like, okay, well, you don't want to pitch to him. You got one of the purest uh, hitters in baseball, uh, contact hitters in baseball, and Xander Bogarts uh, protecting him. Like, and then even past that, like I said, I feel good about everybody. Like, I don't know. It, it's, and I'm getting to the point of this podcast where I'm just getting excited, and you can probably get that more than good, good analysis. But it's like, how, how do you, I don't know how you pitch to that. It's just, it's so exciting. I'm, I'm just giddy at the possibility. Because so many teams, it's just like you got your one, two guys, and let's say they have an off day, you're not going to win that game. Tease and Manny go 0 for 4 apiece, but then Soto and Xander will pick it up, and vice versa. It, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing situation to be in. And shout out AJ Preller for, for putting this roster together, and shout out Peter Seidler for opening up the check, checkbook to make it happen. I, I mean, this is just stunning. You know, the possibility of this. Could... Because I just – because, you know, you can't pitch to them. You know, you'll have a pitcher who's super, super hot. 
and everything is going their way. I mean, that's a possibility. Generally speaking, all these bats, you know, these top five bats are not going to be quiet like two days in a row. This is just amazing. And I think, too, it's like, because baseball is such a mental game. I'm like, if you're, let's say, I don't know, I'm I'm blanking on a team. Let's just say, like, Manny Machado back in 2019 with the Padres. He really was the star. It was Fernando Tatis' rookie year. Not really too much around him. That's got to be so tough on you mentally going into every game, being like, if I don't perform, we're going to lose. Like, I have to perform for us to win. And then you go in a little slump, which happens to literally everybody. It happens to Mike Trout, happens to Shohei Otani, happens to Manny Machado. It's going to happen. That you'll start to weigh it on yourself that I'm letting the team down, all that. But now, you know, any one of these guys knows, like, if I have an off day, it's no big deal. Like, I got three other, you know, superstars plus a bunch of other stars who can help out and, uh, and you know, kind of pull this together for us to, for, for the day while I figure something out in my swing or my approach, whatever you got to do. And I think mentally that's just so huge. And I truly could see all these guys having career years because of that. Like who you play with matters so much. Oh, yeah. I, you know, when you go up there to the plate, you know, in that murderer's row of a lineup, it's going to be, I know I'm going to get a pitch. Yep. No, I, you know, they have to pitch to me. They can't pitch around me because look who's in front of me and look who's behind me. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, go back to when I played. I remember I played on a travel baseball team um, back in like a freshman year of high school. And I batted second in that lineup. And I, it was great because the guy who batted third ended up being like a fifth round MLB draft pick a few years later. So it was abs- like the best player I ever played uh, with. It was an absolute stud. And they ha- were forced to groove me the ball because they don't want to walk me to let him come up. And it was, you know, it made it very easy to play the game. And we're going to, you're going to now let make, you know, don't want to walk for nano planet because you don't want to get the three guys behind him. Like, that's a scary thought. That's what a lot of people think he's going to hit, have another year of 40 plus home runs despite missing 20 games of that suspension. It's just very exciting. So, what are you hearing or reading or thinking about Tatis and, you know, with what happened last year? Yeah. You know, first the injury and then the human growth hormones. What are you hearing about his motivation, his intensity? Are you reading or hearing anything about him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first off, he's been in San Diego. Um, so he once he got that suspension, he got his surgeries. Um, he got an extra one on the wrist that was planned. And then he got one on his shoulder, which I know is an issue. So from what I've heard, he's virtually 100% now, and which is great from a physical standpoint. But much more importantly, from a mental standpoint, I feel like he got humbled and he needed to be humbled. I first off, I mean, the team had one of the best, the third best season in franchise history without him. So you're not going to put it on you like, Hey, we don't need you to be very good. But I think, yeah, he feels bad. He's, you know, I think he just, he feels guilty and he's ready to prove to the fan base, prove to his teammates, prove to himself who he is. And you're getting quotes from Joe Musgrove from Manny Machado, you know, the two leaders of the team saying exactly that that he's as focused as they've ever seen him, that he's determined, you know, to re, you know, prove his name and re-put his name up there among the game's greats. But he's also fully aware of what he did. It's something that's going to carry with him forever. Uh, one thing I want to, you know, is reiterate is 
it's it's factual that he never um, never actually cheated while playing the game. He cheated to try and come back from an injury, which you know to some people is still just as bad, which is fair. But I take that as he's going to be just as good because he didn't need this stuff. He was just trying to trying to cheat the system and come back early, which you know not great, but right. not not defending it. He he messed up, but you know I'm ready to support him and. It was actually fun, um, and I heard another podcast I listened to on baseball because they were recapping uh, the Padres Fan Fest, which had 150,000 people at the Padres Fan Fest, fan fest which is wow. abs- absurd. But it was the first time when he was being interviewed in front of the crowd that he wasn't apologizing and saying what he did wrong. It was him you know, being excited for the season, excited for the fans. And it, it, at least for me, it was the first time I saw him like, that's that like – boyish energy like little kid energy that we fell in love with and it looks like he's kind of like ready to go and be himself again so yeah he'll get put on the road but he is instantly loved back in san diego uh, for sure and he's ready to prove himself again so do you see do you see the padres um making any other moves yet do you see any target acquisitions out there yes and no um so i do think we need another starting and I like like the five guys we have all stay healthy um, throughout that throughout the season, then no big deal. But that's just not, you know, realistic. So I can see us going for another pitcher. There aren't really any starters that are, you know, of the, you know, that are capable or good enough to be um, for us to go sign. But I could see us pulling off some kind of trade, maybe, um, you know, AJ Preller's creative. I didn't think we we're going to trade for you uh, Darvish and Blake Snell. So at the time. So you never know with, uh, with AJ Preller. So I can see us doing that. Another weird one is, so Jerickson Profar, he was our left fielder leadoff guy year. He opted out of his contract with the Padres. So I think he thought he'd get more money so far. He hasn't signed anywhere yet. Um, him and Tatis are like best friends. They were trained together this off season. And from everything I've seen, he wants to come back and be a Padre. Cause I mean, who won it with this team? Um, so I could see him coming back. I don't know how much pay him. So I think he'd be taking less money to pay here. So that's just like a name I'm kind of keeping my eye on because I think he's waiting for the Padres to offer him a contract. But it's just – it's kind of iffy right now just based off the financial situation. So I could see that. But primarily for me, it's, I think another starting pitcher will come, uh, will come aboard before we get going. Because they love having a six-man rotation to start a year and save some arms. So, Fletcher, is the AAA team and maybe AA, do they have any arms that they may bring up? Yeah, so Jay Grum, or Groom, I don't know, I'm blanking on how to say his name. So, when we traded, funny enough, we traded Eric Hosmer last year to the Boston Red Sox. And Jay Grom, Groom, we'll we'll figure that out, Um, he was traded back to the Padres. And he's an interesting one because, I don't know, six-ish years ago, he was the Red Sox first-round draft pick. And he was, like, their top prospect, was supposed to be, you know, an ace of the future. Um, didn't really work out. He had a lot of injuries, didn't really bounce back fully and kind of kept getting injured. So I think the Red Sox traded us him as, like, all right, it's not working. Let's give the kid a fresh start. Maybe it works out elsewhere. He ended the AAA season with the Padres pretty, pretty solidly, pretty strong. So I have, you know, some slight optimism about him because of what his upside is, what he was when he was drafted. 
So that's a name I could see, you know, sneaky coming up. If got somebody gets hurt and starting and being productive, there's a name to watch out for. Additionally, uh, Adrian Morahone. I mentioned him earlier in this, uh, in our podcast here, but he was actually at the time got the most signing bonus of any international signing and was a very good starter for us in 2020 um, in the 2020 season. And then in 2021, he was one of the guys who got hurt and got Tommy John surgery, got healthy. And we wanted him fever, but he spent the off season spring training, trying to ramp up to be able to go the six, seven innings that a starter needs to go. So a guy like that led to it. And then another interesting one that we signed is Julio Tehran. He um, he's, I think he's around 30 years old, was a very solid pitcher. I believe with the Braves, we signed him to a minor league deal. He kind of fell off a little bit, but I think the Padres took a flyer on him, hoping that maybe he could be, you know, what he was in his, you know, prime one or two years. So that's another uh, starting pitcher I could see coming up. And then outside of that, there's got Reese Kinnear. He's been, he's had some spot starts here now with the Padres. I don't, he's not somebody we really think too highly of, but he's, he's solid. He'll give you, give you a chance to win when you need him. But I'd say those are, uh, those are the names right now. And are there so are there any of the middle relievers? Could they jump in and start? Uh, I mean, the Beal Chris Matt is uh, is a guy. He's a he's considered a swing man, which kind of means he can go long, go short. Um, normally, his role with us last year has been like if the Padres were up ten to zero, or let's say starter had a bad day, we're down ten to zero, put him in in the second inning, give you three four innings kind of thing. So that that's kind of the one name I'd say there. Um, as a potential if needed. But, you know, Adrian Morahone probably starts as a bullpen guy, so maybe he'd be that one guy um, as well. So there are options in case, you know, in case a pitcher does go down. Totally. And, you know, the Padres' best prospect left, you know, we traded a lot, obviously, for Juan Soto. But Jackson Merrill is a shortstop prospect we have. who's on the He's on the younger side, probably two-ish years away. If somebody goes down, unfortunately, or will be traded for a top line starting pitcher at some point. It's just, just it'll, it'll happen. Knowing, you know, this is the year, especially if everything's going according to plan. But How about I'm, I'm Kim? Would they ever, would they ever trade Kim with all these shortstops you got? Yeah, um, there were a lot of rumors about Kim. Say, if we had this podcast a month ago, I would have predicted Kim gets traded, and a lot of people thought Kim would actually be traded to the Boston Red Sox. Because obviously they lost Andrew Bogarts. Their shortstop, Trevor Story, had to get an elbow surgery and will be missing the first half of the year. And they got a pitcher named Tanner Hook, who's, you know, very, very good. That's something I think would be we would love to have. So there's rumors that that would be the trade. Um, but they ended up trading with the Royals for Alberto Mondesi for that shortstop spot. Not as good as Kim by any stretch. But, yeah, what I heard is the Padres are willing to do it, but the asking price for Kim is very high. Because they, they love Kim. And, you know, I mean, we went through how awesome this lineup is. Kim at second base makes this lineup, you know, as good as it needs to be. So I'd love to keep Kim and, you know, find another way to get a starting pitcher. But it, if it happened, it totally wouldn't – it would not completely shock me. Now, what about the defections this year? Who left and how does that affect the team? Yeah, so Brandon Jury and – Angels, Josh Bell signed with the Cleveland Guardians. Um, they were two of the trade deadline acquisitions last year. Um, and yeah, I was a little bummed about that, especially Brandon Jury. I really hope we retained Brandon Jury, 
but I think signing Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter just quickly, you know, replaces that. So that's, uh, I'm not really thinking too much about that. We talked about Jerickson Profar, um, although he hasn't signed anywhere yet. So maybe we get him back, but those are, you know, the three and obviously they're bummers. They're great players, but they made a good amount of money elsewhere and, you know, wish them the best, especially the fact that they, uh, you know, the two I the two I spoke at the beginning went to the American league, you know, no reason to be upset with them outside of that. Sean Minaya, um, as one of our pitchers, where did he sign? Actually, let me look this up. Sean Minaya signed with the giants actually, um, in the division. Yeah. A little weird. I mean, he, he's had a decent career. He's a decent player. Definitely had fell off at the end of last season. He actually self-admittingly was said that he didn't really feel like he put in the time, like the pre-work, as much as he had in the past, it felt bad for that. So, yeah, I wasn't too worried uh, to lose him. And then Mike Clevenger we lost as a starting pitcher. You know, Mike Clevenger was terrible in the playoffs for us. And yeah, actually, he was. And I don't know you saw a story came out about that guy. He's uh, not the best husband and father, to say the least. Uh, that's statement for the allegations against him. He signed with the White Sox, so. Let's just say I'm quite happy to have uh, a human of a human like that off this team because he's. I, I hope he doesn't play baseball anymore if these allegations are true. Just doesn't seem like a good dude. So, so that's uh, really, that's about that. Yeah. So the optimism is that you know that we added some really good pieces, and that'll be essential to our success. But we really didn't leave, you know, we lost some, we lost some nice players, but it didn't leave a hole anywhere. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. I mean, everyone we lost, we either imp- got the similar player or improved on a player. And actually, I'm, I hate myself right now. Will Myers um, also left. That's, that's a bummer, mainly just because the longest tenured Padre, um, you know, became a fan favorite. My fa- basically, my favorite Padre. I have a, a jersey of his. Um, actually, after we beat the Dodgers, he went out to the bars in downtown San Diego. He was buying the whole bar shots and just that kind of guy. So that that's a bummer just because we wanted Will Myers to be on the Padres World Series team. Just as the heart and soul, longest tenure guy. Uh, he signed with the Reds. That's more of a – I'm not – I'm more upset to lose Will Myers the man than Will Myers the baseball player. So I have him. Um, but, yeah, to, to answer the question, yeah, it's definitely uh, – and like Jorge Alfaro, he left. He's with the Red Sox now too as a catcher. Another guy. More bummed to lose the man than the player. So, yeah, overall, from a baseball standpoint, the team has improved despite the people we lost. We, 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 um, we were, whatever the word is, we retooled or what we needed to do. As always, Christian, this is a podcast for Padres fans that is filled with information. It's filled <laughs> with perspective. It's filled with optimism, and I really appreciate you, sh- you showing up here. We've missed you on the Who Gives a Shit Files. So is there anything you would like to say? You've been on these before, and you know my guests have yep. the last word. So in oh, yeah. summation, what would you like to say about the Padres, their acquisition, their future, and the 2023 season? Yeah, so I forgot to touch on um, – Today's Friday the 10th, I believe yesterday, um, Hugh Darvish, you know, he signed a six-year, $108 million extension, so he'll be finishing his career as a Padre. Absolutely love that. You know, this is his last year, so if he didn't sign that, I'd be saying, we got to win this year because then we, we might lose you. 
extended him. I'm expecting a similar extension to Manny Machado and hopefully Juan Soto down the line. So just to kind of touch on those real quick. But overall, I think the main thing I want to touch on is, look, the Padres are spending money, as we know. We, my entire life growing up with this team, small market, can't afford to build a team like the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, you know, Cubs, or all the, the quote-unquote big markets. And of anonymous executives, Dick Monfort, the owner of the Rockies as well, have been coming out through the past couple of years saying, like, how is this sustainable? How are the Padres able to do this? Like, this is reckless. Like, all is just nonsense based to their fan bases while why they're cheap and not willing to, you know, they have because they're treating it as a business. So two things to that. Got a reminder that, you know, uh, Peter Scyther, the owner, he's a cancer survivor. I think he's a diabetic. Um, openly about that. So obviously we talk about having health issues and overcoming it has openly said he is not in this for the money and he is here to win. You can't take money with you in the grave. And that man knows that so well. So you love that as a fan, love that he's putting his literally putting his money where his mouth is. And then to go and people are like, how is, is the Padres business model sustainable? We talked about it. 150,000 people at FanFest. I think the Dodgers had 30K, Giants had 20K, whatever. If you put – and then there's a side-by-side photo I saw of 2017 or 2016, 2015, whatever it was, Fan Fest at Techville Park. Very sparse. Not a lot of people there. 150,000 people. So the San Diego fan base has shown the, to the Padres ownership, if you spend money, if you dedicate to this team, to this city, to this fan base – then we will bring our support and support you. They had to cap season ticket sales, which I don't think is a thing you do in baseball very often. So just overall, I am just so grateful for Peter Seidler and just grateful for the San Diego Padres organization that they are, you know, putting everything they can to, you know, bring a winning team to the city, a championship team. And at the very least, they brought us hope. And it's just fun to go into a season with genuine hope um, that, you know, we could reach the mountaintop. So overall, I'm I'm just I'm just pumped to be a Padres fan. And March 30th cannot come soon enough for opening day. Well, we will be following you and the Padres throughout the 220 2023 season, and we look forward to talking to you. And we are all pulling for the Padres. Go Pods, man! This is the year, baby. 2020. Believe. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thanks. Thank you, Christian. Have a good day. Yes, Sarah, you too.